Good morning, Gold Avenue Church. This is Pastor Julissa. Last week, Pastor Dave opened his message by explaining how this sermon series that we're currently in is connected to a tool that we've developed that we're calling the Gospel Tool. Now, you may have gathered that discipleship groups at Gold Avenue Church are working through that Gospel Tool. And each sermon that we preach throughout this season will be connected to a paragraph within the gospel tool. Now, we won't be preaching the tool itself, but we will be preaching scripture passages that point to and contribute to each section of the tool. And so if you haven't looked at that tool yet, make sure you use the links above this sermon. Even if you're not in participating in a discipleship group at Gold Avenue Church, this is just such a really helpful resource. And so I want to warmly welcome and even strongly encourage you to check it out. This week, we're going to continue on in this series that we're calling Go and Make Disciples. And we're focusing on God as our creator and our sovereign king. So I'll be reading the second full paragraph from the gospel tool, as well as Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 and 20, or 15 to 20. But before we read, let's pray. Creator God and Sovereign King. Lord, we just sang a song asking you to make your church hunger for you and for your ways. And so, Lord, as we approach your word, I pray would you make us hungry for you and your ways. Lord, I pray that through the preaching of your word that each one of us would grow to know who you are, that we would grow to know you as our creator and our sovereign king. So Lord, we pray that you would um, anoint me for the preaching of your word. And Lord, would you anoint our ears and our spirits to hear and to receive the goodness of your word. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So from the second paragraph of the gospel tool, created for relationship. Out of an overflow of love and for God's glory, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created this world and all that is in it from nothing. God created the human family in his own image and likeness, intending us to live and love in relationship with God, each other, ourselves, and the rest of creation. And then from Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things 
and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pastor and author Max Lucado's children's book called You Are Special is the story of a busy little village filled with tiny wooden people called Wemmicks. These tiny little wooden Wemmicks are created by a very special woodcarver named Eli. And Eli made each Wemmick a little different from the rest. Eli's workshop sits up on a hill overlooking the village of Wemmicks. Every day, Eli's Wemmicks go about their day doing the very same thing. They give one another gold star stickers for being smart or beautiful or talented. But they also give each other sad gray dot stickers for being ugly, clumsy, unintelligent, or insignificant. Punchinello is a Wemmick who is covered with sad gray dots. Punchinello can't jump as high as the other Wemmicks. He can't carry heavy things or run fast or sing songs. Punchinello's paint is chipped and it bears no shiny gold star stickers. Punchinello feels alone and worthless. But he tries really hard. And one day he puffs himself up so that he might earn a star from his fellow Wemmicks. Punchinello attempts to jump high up into the air and to say something clever. But each time that he tries, Punchinello trips and he stumbles and he chips his paint. And he ends up with yet another sad gray dot sticker. Punchinello is a fictional character from a storybook, but he represents something very real and very true about the human condition, the way that we all are. No one likes to feel accidental or worthless or purposeless. What Punchinello shows us is that humans are bent on trying to figure out and establish our value and our purpose on this earth. We want to know why we in particular were created. What gives us value? What sets us apart? What makes us special? And when we aren't sure what that is, we tend to try to puff ourselves up in order to create our own value or purpose or specialness. In the text that we read from Colossians, Paul and Timothy 
are writing to the churches in a city called Colossae. Now, while the Colossian church is growing and thriving, and it's a church that Paul notes in the beginning of his letter to be faithful and full of love and full of the hope of the gospel, Paul has heard news that the Colossians are under pressure. Paul's heard that some of them are in danger of losing sight of what sets them apart as a church of Jesus Christ. A toxic mix of competing Greek philosophy and pagan practices and Jewish legalism from the area had leaked into the church and had caused teachers within the church to start promoting ideas that were not consistent with the gospel. Rather than worshiping Jesus alone, teachers who had been influenced by Greek mythology that emphasized worshiping multiple gods began to encourage the church to worship angels in addition to Jesus and to consider themselves as humans to be subordinate or under the angels. Along with that idea came other ideas about legalistic food and diet restrictions influenced by Jewish tradition and less than holy views on physical bodies and how we take care of them. None of these ideas were consistent with the authority and sovereignty of Jesus, the sufficiency of his sacrifice, what he built humankind for, and the life that he'd called his church to. Like we learned last week, evil is not original. Evil is the twisting of something that had been created good. The good teachings that the Colossians had once received had been just slightly twisted. They had taken the gospel and they'd added their own worldview and ideas to it. The Colossians had considered Jesus and his sacrifice and his gospel and his story and had decided that he alone wasn't quite enough. And so they'd added their own flavor to the faith. And their practices, and probably without them really even being aware of it, the Colossians had vainly puffed themselves up, and in their hearts they had lost sight of their creator and their sovereign king. Like Punchinello, they were lost, and in their longing to establish their own level of special, they'd twist in things, and they were left with much less than what their creator had ever intended for them. Now it's easy to see the fault in Punchinello and in the Colossians, but these stories highlight something inherent to humanity, something that we can all resonate with. We all want to know why we were created and what value or unique, our specific unique identity brings to this earth. And even deeper, we all want to know that there's some order, some reason, some sense of plan and purpose or even control over our lives and over the world around us. If we dig deep and if we really think about it, we can see evidence of this in so many places. When we lose a significant relationship, our whole world can feel soured. 
and deep down we start to wonder if we were ever truly worthy of being loved to begin with, or if we'd ever be loved again. When we feel stuck, and we aren't sure which career path to take or what the next step is, or when the doors that we knock on get slammed shut, we start to feel so much pressure. Somewhere deep down we begin to wonder if we were made to accomplish any real special purpose at all. When we watch the news, or when we look around at the brokenness of our own lives and the world just feels dark, too dark, too broken and beyond repair, we start to feel abandoned, or like we've all just been tossed into some endless sea of chaos. And when we end up in this place, and usually after some wallowing, we tend to start to puff ourselves up. We hunt for solid ground and value in human relationships. Because if someone else loves us, maybe we're worthy after all. Some of us start to pour all of our energy into this career path or that workout regimen or this grand plan because if we can only accomplish X, Y, or Z, then we would get that gold star sticker. We could post a picture of it on our Instagram feed and the world would know that we have value and purpose, that we stand out. We start to fix our minds and give our hearts over to created things instead of the creator. Relationships, independence, financial stability, vanity, greed, achievements, even hobbies or religious rituals that give us some semblance of affirmation, some sense of peace. We can be so quick to bow down to anything that makes us feel special. Anything that gives us value and makes us feel some sense of control over our lives and the world around us. We stop praying. And like the Colossians, we start striving. But that wasn't working for the Colossians. And Paul is rightly concerned. Paul and Timothy begin this letter to the Colossian church by thanking the Lord and praising him for their faithfulness and love, for the hope that they carry. Paul is a good leader, and he is full of grace and truth. So then Paul launches into this rich, poetic set of verses that we read this morning. Now, this was really fascinating to me, but many scholars believe that these verses that we read are the verses of an early hymn, a song taught to new believers as a way of clearly communicating and helping the church to remember the truths and the solid foundation of the gospel to which they had come to know. This song is riddled with references to the Psalms and to the very beginning, to Exodus, all the way back to Genesis. Before Paul gets into the nitty-gritty of those individual issues floating around the Colossian church later in the letter, he plants the church's feet 
firmly on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. Paul points all the way back to the creation of the world and declares that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Now, most of us have read the creation story in Genesis 1, but have we looked at it from this lens? Jesus was not created. Jesus was there at creation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together before the earth was spoken and breathed to life. Jesus is the very image of God himself. God is invisible, but Jesus is God made visible. Bearing all of God's power and authority. In Jesus, all things were created. Everything. Cells, plants, reptiles, mammals, birds, fish, stars, planets, galaxies, demons, angels, humans. All authorities and rulers that have ever been and will ever be, those seen and unseen, all of them were created in Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. Now, what does that even mean? It means that God didn't just create the world and walk away. He didn't abandon us to just spin in orbit until the end. God sustains. He directs. He restores. He is persistent and consistent in relationship with all things. All things were made to give him glory and in him all things are held together. Paul goes on to say that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Now, science tells us that a human heart does not beat if the brain in that head does not tell it to. Lungs don't breathe. Legs don't walk. Stomachs don't digest. The body doesn't even feel pain if the brain doesn't tell it to. And Jesus is that head. And in him is the fullness of the triune God. And God incarnate died. He rose from the dead. He is the firstborn from among the dead that we might carry within us his supremacy, his authority, and his sovereignty over all things. Do you feel the weight of that? Says Paul to the Colossians. It's almost as if he's asking, why would you worship angels or anything created when Jesus is the head of it all? There's nothing that even comes close to comparing to him. Worship him. Why would you strive to earn your own salvation or some sort of spiritual hierarchy through legalistic practices when through Jesus you have been given grace and you carry within you the very supremacy of God? Through Jesus. Paul says, all things are reconciled to him, all of it. And he made peace through his shed blood on the cross. 
Jesus is enough. His sacrifice is sufficient. And his love is the most profound and powerful thing that a person could ever have. And it's given freely. This was the intent from the very beginning. Restoration. Relationship. And purpose. Paul's good news is the good news that Punchinello so desperately needed to hear. One day, Punchinello meets a special Wemmick named Lucia. Now, Lucia is unlike any other Wemmick that Punchinello has ever met. Lucia has no stickers, no dots, and no stars. And when people try to give her stickers, they don't stick. They just fall off. Punchinello is puzzled, and so he asks Lucia, how is this possible? Why don't you have any stickers, and why don't they stick to you? And Lucia says, it's easy. Every day, I go to see Eli. Punchinello is even more puzzled. He's never met Eli, and he wonders if Eli would even want to see him. But as Punchinello looks out at the village, hopelessly scurrying around, giving out stickers, Punchinello stirs up the courage to climb the hill to Eli's woodshop. He opens the big wooden door and he walks in and nervously looks around. And Punchinello is shocked when the very first thing that Eli says is, Hello, Punchinello. You know my name? Punchinello says. Of course I do, says Eli. I made you. Eli scoops Punchinello up into his arms and sets him on his workbench. And the woodcarver, the creator, goes to work. Punchinello is nervous and he begins to apologize for the chips and his paint and the gray dots that cover his little wooden body. I tried so hard, he says to Eli. But Eli puts his big, strong hands on Punchinello's wooden shoulders. And he stares into his painted eyes and he says, Punchinello, I don't care about your stickers. I think that you are special because you are mine. Punchinello is shocked. Why, why would you think that I'm special? Eli goes on to share that he'd been waiting every day for Punchinello to come visit. He's been longing to tell Punchinello the truth, that Punchinello is special because Eli made him, and that Eli doesn't make mistakes. The truth is that the more Punchinello trusts in Eli's love, the less the stickers will stick. Punchinello comes back to visit Eli every day to be reminded of the love of his creator and the purpose that he'd been created for. 
Punchinello was made to be in relationship with Eli. He was made for Eli's delight and to bring glory to Eli. And then one day, as it all started to sink in, the sad gray dots that had covered Punchinello's wooden body fell to the ground. Friends, we're not mistakes. Our lives are not accidents. And the world does not get to ascribe ultimate purpose or value to us. Each one of us was created in and for Jesus Christ. We have not been abandoned, no matter how much it may feel. In him, every fiber of our being and moment of our existence is held together. Our bodies are sustained, our lives are planned out, guided, and protected. We were made for the purpose of loving union with our maker. We were made to give him glory and to fulfill his purpose on earth, this purpose of reconciling all things created unto their creator. We were made to be part of a body that has a purpose. We do not lack value. And friends, we are not victims to the world around us. The sovereign king over the universe put his power in us that we might exercise his supremacy, his rule and his reign over the earth. All of it because of Jesus and all of it for Jesus. Our creator and our sovereign king. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.